Welcome to today's message from Reach Community Church. We hope this message encourages and blesses you as we dive into God's Word. And now, for today's message. Amen. Hey, uh, it is a delight uh, to be here. Uh, it's quite a treat. Uh, uh, looking back ten years ago, or I don't know how many years ago when we were praying, Heath began to feel that God was calling him. He was on our staff. He was our uh, student pastor at the time. Um, and he just began to feel that God was calling him to Leland. He had never even heard of Leland and uh, what God was going to do to the community. And, and then there was a, I remember there was a time when, when there was just like a little conflict or something that someone else was saying, oh, maybe I should go there. And Heath, I said, well, Heath, you need to go spend some time with God, and either God spoke to you or he didn't. And if he spoke to you, then you go ahead and set your face like Flint. You go confirm that it's God's will. You go confirm that it's his will for your life, and uh, you think you're going to go there to start a church, but God sent you there to die. Amen. 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 Ooh, good word. Thank you, Pastor Randy. <clears throat> How many of you know God's more interested in building our character? And us being faithful than he is in giving us amazing success. I think there's many churches today that are crashing and burning because they've reached high, uh, high influence, high success, but they don't have the character and the content behind the scenes and the foundation when God is shaking the church. And this is a season when God is shaking the church that the churches that have stood the test, to have developed the character, who've walked with integrity, who've paid a price. They will succeed, and God will give them success. Um, before I get too far, I, I have a sermon, and everybody knows that I always preach on time. <laughs> right? <clears throat> before we get started into the first introduction, all right, into the first introduction, I'd like to just take a, a little bit of time and uh, tell you that God has truly given you guys an amazing couple to be pastor and wife of Reach Community Church. I, I remember when, amen, let's give them a round. Where, where is Jody? She's in the property. She's working. Okay. Wow. And Heath got up early this morning and was out there working already, making this happen. But let me just tell you, I remember when Heath came in as a young kid graduating from college. He was sitting back at the back of the multi-purpose room now when he was just, he and, a, he and, and, and Jody came in and they were there for the first time. And God just, the, the highlight of the Holy Spirit upon them and the call to ministry on their life. And, uh, and, in fact, when we had one of our first prophetic presbytery, that means we're, we bring somebody in who has a gift of prophetic ministry, and they called Heath and Jody up and says, God's called you guys to be leaders. You're going to begin being pioneers for the kingdom of God. And they were the first young couple that helped us build the foundation, which, just so you guys kind of know, we're family, and I'm not trying to boast here, uh, for the first ten years of Grace Church's history, we were under a hundred. I was working two jobs at that time, going through Bible college in the church for thirteen years. Two years into it, Lynette, now John Paul, Lynette 
and her first husband, uh, Joby, who's, who passed away, came to help pioneer the church. Uh, we were planting, and we had one single family, uh, another uh, family with one single girl, another family, and we went out, and, and with $300, they said, go start a church. And uh, right, Lynette? So having God speak to us to go and obey, and we did. And I remember he's working like he is with another job, and I remember about 10 years into it, I said, God, I can't do this anymore. I'm exhausted. I have four children. I'm working full-time as a supervisor for UPS. I'm full-time as a pastor. And God, give me a break. You guys feel my pain? All right. During the midst of that, I remember, I don't know, maybe year five, six, seven, God says, Randy, there'll be a day when Grace Church is 4,000 men. And you're almost 10 years into this thing. And you've got 35 men, and we would do the 70, 35, 75, 90 yo-yo up and down. People wouldn't like what we had, and they'd leave. And it's like, oh, Lord, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with grace? Guys, last Sunday we baptized over 50 people. We've started churches all over the place, trained up leaders. We, we probably had 2,200 people on Sunday morning at our, our main camp at at our Southern Pines, Seven Lakes, and uh, we had about a thousand people online. And you, when you're ten years into it, and God says you're going to have four thousand men when you've got thirty-five men for ten years, it's kind of hard to believe. <clears throat> Again, the reason I tell you that is God is more interested in your character, especially in this day and time, than He is in giving you success. In the last couple of years, God's told me, he says, Randy, what about the 4,000 men I told you about? You guys aren't even close to what I've called you to do. I'm ready to pour out my spirit upon the earth. And I need you to begin to change your roles and responsibility and begin to prepare other churches for what I'm about to do on the earth. So I do think there's going to be some hard times, uh, but I don't think you need to jump on that bandwagon. What you need to think about is God is telling his people, Let's prepare for what he's doing in the earth. I think this is a church that's going to quickly, because I think the season of preparation and building a solid foundation, a season of integrity, of ministry, again, this is going to be a season for Heath and Jody stretching, uh, but this is a season when this church is going to have to catapult. I'm going to give you a challenge right now. Let's start raising the money for a million dollars for this built for a, a facility, which will just get you started. That sounds like a lot, but before God gives you a building, let's start. Let's let's think about raising some money for this place, Amen, and and building a solid foundation. <clears throat> now, I'm going to talk to you. You know, my whole sermon today is talking about investing in eternity. It's not about giving money. Now, that's part of it, but investing in eternity is giving your life, your time, your talent, your resources. To advance God's kingdom. Heath worked as a student pastor, part time, drove out to Bisco. How far is Bisco from 30 minutes? 
came in, did student ministry. And, uh, and then when Lynette's first husband, Joby, passed away, who was our worship leader, Madeline's father, Keith raised and was dad to those kids. Between we'd take them hunting. I remember Joe's first trophy was a squirrel, but we. <laughs> all right. But Heath and Jody are an amazing couple. I appreciate them. They're, they're my sons. You know, I know Larry Cadell and Lisa are back there in the back. Raise your hands. Raise your hands. All right. All right. They're back there, and uh, they think he's their son. <clears throat> and by the way, they have given sacrificially, amazingly, to make this happen. And I'm going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what does it mean to build a foundation and labor. Heath and Jody have been laboring here for 10 years, but really it was beyond 10 years. You know, and they paid a severe price to be here so that you guys can walk in and have amazing worship and an amazing message and a quality of Christian character. And I promise you, I work with lots of churches now. That's kind of what I'm doing now, trying to prepare for what God's about ready to do. Um, But this is an amazing church. And I'm not saying that just because I know Heath and Jody, because they are the real deal. What you see with Heath, what you see with Jody is the real deal. There's no fluff, there's no flash, and it's real. And I think the key to the Christian life is learning, one, how to hear from God. What is it, Heath, again? Know, hear, and obey. Know God, hear from God, and obey what he tells you to do. Amen? Amen. I always tell people, guys, I'm just a very limited, very talent, not very talented guy. I'm not that great of a speaker. <clears throat> I'm not that great of a leader. But whenever God told me to do something, I just obeyed. And amazing things happen. But they don't happen when God tells you. They happen after you've been faithful because usually when God tells me, go do something, the opposite happens. (laughs) And you have to be faithful through it. So I want to just say, I wish Jody was here. By the way, some pastors have really amazing wives. Keith happens to have one of the most amazing wives. And I tell her. (laughs) And Heath would say, if you knew what she had to put up with, you would really applaud. Amen. I love his family. I love his children. He's done well. Well done, Heath Cadell. Well done, Jody Cadell. You guys are truly blessed. Um, there's a lot of people, you know, I'm going to tell you there's a story. There's a lot of people that have labored, given, sacrificed to make what God is doing here in Leland available. Now, I'm going to use a parable before I do it. You know, there's a parable in the New Testament where it says a a man went out and hired some people that came and worked, and they labored and labored and labored. Then he needed more help. So he brought some new people in, and they he brought them on, but he brought them at the same price pay that the other people, and then he needed some more people, and he brought them in, and they were only going to work a short time, and guess what? They all got the same pay. And if you're not real careful, you can say, God, I've done so much. I've given so much. I've sacrificed so much, and that's about 
why we invest in eternity. And there are people here who are laying the foundation and have given in sacrifice for people they will never know, they will never see. But the one thing you will do is when you get to heaven, you will have paid a price for others to spend eternity in heaven. Amen? So I want to just take a few seconds. And Heath, would you and your family stand up? Just all your kids, where are they? Have you got some in the back? All right, Noah, Lydia. And if Jody's out there, you guys need to give her a double blessing today, all right? Let's just give them a round of applause. Amen. All right? Just stay standing. Now, all of you were born before you started this, so please stay standing. No, Allie was born here? No, she was three. Okay, okay, so she was. All right, now... If you were a part of the original launch team from Grace or other churches in our group of churches, or you have sacrificially given to the original founding of this church being here today, would you stand? Larry and Lisa, would you please stand? They, people don't know. They paid for his salary for the first three years. Amen. All right. Madeline, you can mind, you, you're a part of that family. You might as well just stand. Hey, stay, wait, 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 we aren't done. All right, guys, how many of you came in after a year or two years and helped things get settled? Any else? All right, got a few. All right, now, guys, and they're still with you 10 years. Amazing, isn't that? Now, we're going to take this. You can all sit down. Corey Tin Boone once went through the Holocaust, and she had such an amazing message of going, losing all of her family, suffering, and she continued to walk with God and did not let bitterness and unforgiveness destroy her. And people said, Corey, how can you walk up in front of, literally at that time she, God was using her to be a speaker sharing her testimony of what she had gone through uh, to literally thousands and tens of thousands of people. And she says, you so impact people's lives. And she says, well, first of all, I would never have chosen the message that I had to give to lose my family, to sacrifice, to go through the hardship, the starvation, the torture. But I chose to always put God first. And she says, when people come up and say how I impacted their lives, I realize I didn't impact their lives. It was God in me, but I know that I was the vessel that God used. So it was God and God in me. And she says, I used to do the, oh, it was just God. No, it wasn't just God. It was God and you and God in you. And she says, so what I, I would do is I, at the end of the day, because when I stand before God, I don't want to take any credit for the sacrifice that I had to go through, the difficulties. And he says, what I did is I took each compliment and I counted them like, she says, I like daisies. And she says, what I did when I would be at a conference or speak, I would take those daisies and I would gather them together at the end of the day. And I says, God, this isn't me. This isn't what I have done. This is what you've done in and through me. 
and through the difficulties that I've had to walk through. And then she says, I would lay him at the, at the, at the foot of Jesus every night and say, God, to you be the glory. Lord, may you take what you've done and use it for your kingdom. She says, because if I'm not real careful, I can become very prideful in the success that God's given me. Folks, what we're going to do is there are people who have been here before the 10 years that paid the sacrifice, who, who have labored umpteen hours. And it's, and it's like this. You know, we know the little story of the widow who gave everything she had. And there, were the, there was the rich man who, who gave a large amount. And when God was comparing, which one gave more, her who gave out of sacrifice or the one who gave out of abundance? God says they both gave. One dollar amount may have been more. One, whatever, denarii was more. He says, but it was an equal sacrifice. Both gave, but the sacrifice for giving was much better. I think there are people working in the nursery changing diapers. When they get to heaven, God's going to go, boy, you had a stinky job. But when you get to heaven, oh, my gosh, you paved the way for the rest so that the gospel could be preached. Equal sacrifice, but not equal giving. We, we're, we're not yet started yet, okay? <laughs> I want to tell you that there are he- those that are here. Lynette, John Paul, and Victor, Madeline, they helped us start Grace Church 35 years ago. When Heath was starting his church, they packed up. She was my secretary. A good one. I had to replace her with several people. And they moved here to help Heath because they're kingdom-minded. But back up a little bit. Lynette and Joby moved to help start Grace Church, and then God gave me a word for Joby. I said, Joby, I don't know why, but God's telling me you need to step down as a worship leader. Andy, why? What have I done? God just said. Three months later, Joby came in, and we'd had many conversations. Three, I don't know how many months, three months, six months. Joby came in my office, sat down in my office before I was going out to preach. He said, Randy, I couldn't understand why God was going to ask me to do this. But the last three months, the last six months of my life, I've spent more time with God, more time with my family, more time with my children, and worshiping God, not because I had to do it because I was the leader. And it says it's been the best six months or three months of my life. That Sunday, I got up and preached a message what heaven was going to be like when we die. At the end of the service, Joby and one of the drummers on the worship team went home. And he had a massive heart attack and died. And to this day, the hardest thing I've ever had to do is to pull Lynette and her four children onto the bed in her bedroom and tell them that their dad had gone to be with Jesus. At his funeral, over 60 People made decisions for Christ. And God used his life and his death to impact all of Moore County. I, 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 through the years, the number of people said, I came to know Christ at Joby's funeral. Now, guys, we're here, and someday all of us are going to be taken up to be with the Lord. There are some people in this room today that I know 
that you maybe have been not walking with God and God's been beckoning you to surrender your life to the Lord. And just like at Joby's funeral, God's going to say it's time for you to face judgment. And God's going to hold you. Did you receive the message of love and the gospel of Jesus Christ or did you reject it? Because see, now we're going to start the sermon. Is that okay? <laughs> Folks, can we before we can we before we take get started into the sermon? If you've been a part of grace, a part of grace, yes, part of grace, part of Reach Community Church by giving, by serving, by praying, by sacrificing, can you like Corey Tin Boone take what you've done to this point? Can we all do this in our hearts? And you may be brand new here and you served last week. Maybe you gave last week. Can we take it in a bundle right now and just say, God, I'm going to take what you have done through me, through my family, through my sacrifice, and I'm going to give it to you. And then we're going to start. We're going to pray over that. We're going to give it to the Lord and say, to God be the glory. May you use. And then what we're going to do is we're going to get up and we're going to make a commitment to say, God, as for me and for my household, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm going to make a decision to surrender my life afresh to follow you. I'm going to surrender my life afresh to sacrifice, to give radically. Because someday all of us are going to die. And we're going to stand before God. Amen? So you guys ready? You're part of grace, part of leadment, part of reach. Let's do this. Just take what you have done, all those prayers, all those serving. All the heartaches. Let's just do this. Everybody bow your heads. Father, right now we take all the sacrifice that Heath and Jody and the team that moved here gave up their homes, gave their jobs up to start what you've called them to do here in Leland. Lord, we take the years of sacrifice, the hurts, the pains, the disappointments. Lord, we take the financial giving. Lord, we lift up the prayers. And, Father, we lay them literally at the feet of Jesus, and we say, Father, accomplish your will for what you're called this church to do in Leland. Bless all those who have given, all those who have sacrificed. God, may they have prepared a foundation for literally thousands of people to enter into heaven because of what you've done in and through this church. God bless them in Jesus' name. Give it to God. Release it. Amen. Now, guys, what we just did is we drew a line in the sand. We're saying we're at a turning point in this church. And we're not going to live in the good old days of what God did 10 years ago. You know why most churches can't grow? Is they're going to do something new. They're going to do something different. Well, your problem's going to be we didn't have any problem until all these new people started showing up. Amen? Guys, that kills churches. Or we've never done it that way. That's the second killer. Guys, this church is always going to be changing. The gospel will never change, but this church is always going to change because it's about people and about God. Amen? All right, let's open first sermon. Lord, bless this sermon today. In Jesus' name, amen. For those that know me, they know this is me. Amen? I entitled my message... Again, I asked Keith if he had a theme or something. 
And it seemed like God just repetitively talked to me in the last several weeks about investing in eternity. And it's not just when you talk about investing, you think, oh, you go to churches. It's talking about giving money. That's not what I'm talking about. That's some of what I'm talking about. But it's, it's the Heath Cadells and the Jody Cadells and the many people that have sacrificed to make this church happen because they didn't do it for themselves. They did it because they, were, they, they served a God that they knew that, that had given them gifts, had given them callings, had given them destiny, and says, God, we want to follow you. We want to be a part of what you're doing. We want to have rewards in heaven. Now, I'm going to tell you real clear here. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, By grace are you saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. In other words, how you get into heaven isn't doing stuff to earn God's love or earn your salvation. That's the biggest lie from the pit of hell. And he lies to us all the time thinking we have to earn God's love. How many of you have ever struggled thinking I need to earn God's love? Raise your hand. Just, just go ahead. Raise your hand. We all have. The reason we serve God is, P.S., thank you, Jesus, for what you have done for me. You sent your son to pay the price that I could not pay. Now, what investing in eternity is, is, first of all, is coming to know the Lord Jesus as your Savior. And then realize that God saved us. He loved us in spite of who we are. Aren't you glad? Praise God. The heart is desperately wicked of all who can know it. There's none righteous, no, not one. So God loved us in spite of our sin, in spite of our failures, in spite of our multiple failures. And he says, get back up. I love you, and I have a plan for your life if you'll come to me. Now, there are those who need to embrace God's love today. They need to embrace salvation because God has a major plan for your life. He didn't put you in here on this earth just to enjoy life. He gave you so much more. And God is someday going to hold you accountable. So we're just going to start with some scriptures. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8, or two, uh, Ephesians 2, 10. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 is, For by grace have you been saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. Ephesians 2, 10 says this, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. In other words, God saved you by grace, chose you, loved you, and then he says, now, I need to let you know, I have good works that I have prepared for you, a call and a destiny, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I know the plans that I have for you, plans to bless you, plans to prosper you, if You'll seek me if you'll seek me with your whole heart. In other words, you want to be happy in life? Quit trying to live your life for yourself. But live your life for what God created you for, which always causes you to give your life away. People who are depressed, that doesn't mean you don't go through depression. People who aren't happy, people who walk through life unfulfilled, I can tell you one of the major reasons is because you're living your life for yourself. But when you learn to give your life away and others are more important to you than you yourself, then you find that giving your life away 
brings joy and satisfaction and fulfillment. It helps you to keep loving your spouse after 40 years, 30 years, 20 years, 10 years. Because there's none righteous, no, not one. Amen? That's why God gave Heath Jody. I have to have a few jokes, right? Heath is, Heath is amazing. So there are works that before you were ever born, God prepared for you. And what's happened in our culture is people think their life is about themselves, and, they, and, and the enemy wants to isolate you. What he wants you to do is he wants to cause you to be offended at the church. How many of you have ever been hurt at church? Somebody said something, somebody didn't say something, somebody didn't appreciate you. Well, that's just the enemy from the pit of hell because he wants to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus says, I've come to have, give you life and give it abundantly. If you're going to walk with Jesus very long, someone's going to hurt your feelings. Get over it. <laughs> and then for those that have been hurt by church, I'm a pastor. Would you please forgive the people that hurt you? And then get on with your life. Don't sit in isolation. The enemy loves to separate people, keep them out of community, cause them to stop serving, to stop giving. Why? It's because there are good works that God has prepared for those that love him. And when you stand before God, we're going to talk about the judgment seat of Christ. Actually, there's two judgments. <clears throat> Psalms 39.4 says, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be, and remind me that my days are numbered, that my life is fleeing away, my, no, my life is no longer than the width of my hand, an entire life is just a moment to you. Human existence is but a breath. Psalms 39, 4 and 5. Psalms 90, they don't have it up there, but I'll read it to you. Psalms 90, 12. Teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to make the most of our time. Guys, you're here and someday you're going to die. All of us are going to die. And then we're going to have to stand before the, what we call the judgment seat of Christ. Now, Pastor Randy, come on. It's 10 years. Give us a little exciting, fun. I'm trying to do that. <laughs> Hebrews 9:27. Man is destined to die once. And then after that, to face judgment. Guys. You've been placed here on earth. You were chosen by God to be loved. He forgave you of your sins before you even ask him. And he has a plan for your life. And if you will choose his plan and not always know, need to know how it works out. Because if you understood God's will, you, would, you could look five years into the future, ten years in the future, and God asks you to do something really difficult or to love somebody that is unbearable. And God says, if you could understand my will and look into the future, you would always choose my will, even if it's difficult. It says man is destined to die, and then once after that to face judgment. There's two judgments that we'll face. When you die, I don't care who you are, you're going to die and leave this body, and you're going to stand before God. And, and God's going to ask you, why should I let you into my heaven? The wrong answer is, I went to reach community church. Eh. The right answer is this. God, I am not worthy of heaven. I did wrong. I sinned. But God, I heard 
that you loved me and sent your son to die for me. And I, I embrace that truth. I open the door of my heart, receive Christ as my Savior. God, I don't deserve heaven. But the reason I can go into heaven is because of what you've done for me. And God will say, my son, my daughter, come on in. Now there's a second judgment. At the end of time, it's called the Bema judgment of Christ. And at the end of at the end of when God calls the earth to no longer be in existence, and the reason he hasn't judged it right now, sometimes I'm like, God, why don't you just... Man, isn't our world just becoming just psycho, weird, demonic, hateful, vindictive, corrupt? And the reason he hasn't taken us now is because he loves people, and he wants to spend eternity with people. And he wants them to come to a saving knowledge. And the reason God has put you here to go through difficulties is so that people would see that there is something more to life than living for yourself. It's having a relationship with Jesus. At the Bema seat of Christ, all the things that we've done for God, as long as we haven't taken credit for for ourselves, all the sacrifice. People have no idea the sacrifice that have seen just a few statistics of men that graduate from seminary. Seventy percent of them never enter into ministry because of the the difficulty that they encounter. Seventy percent of the the ten thirty percent that enter into ministry after after ten years, seventy percent of everybody that goes in to be a pastor is no longer in the ministry because of the difficulties of doing ministry. That's nationwide. We need, we, you know, we're, we're, we're a growing church. We went to, I have a church I help oversee in Lynchburg, Virginia, five miles from Liberty University. They went to, uh, I went and I said, hey, we're looking for a few new pastors. Uh, do you guys have somebody? I have a pastor in Lynchburg that's 70 plus years and we're needing to look for a pastor. And while I have guys going to Bible college, why don't we take one and help him raise him up while they're here? And the guy told me this. He says, we're the largest Christian university in the world. He says, he says, 30 years ago, a pastor would come and tell me what you're telling me. And he, I will say, okay, I will set a table up and I will run 30 men by you and you choose which one you want. He says, now, in today, he says, I will bring 30 pastors of churches who need pastors into a room, set them at a table, and I'll walk one student who's available to serve in, in ministry and say, student, you choose which church you want to go to. That's where we're headed as a nation. The next 10 years for the body of Christ are going to be some of the most turbulent, challenging times in American history. Guys, you have a church that is amazing, that really is a biblical New Testament, believe God, believe God's word is still the word and not I get to choose and pluck what I want out of it. Guys, that you'll see churches fall in the next 10 years. COVID was the first wave of separating those that are going to follow God and those that are not going to follow God. So God has prepared good works that we should walk in. 
By grace, 1 Corinthians 3.10, by grace, God has given me. I laid a foundation as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds. No one can lay a foundation other than the one already laid with Jesus Christ. I don't, I've never heard the song before that they sang up here, everybody's got to build the church. Well, what's the church? It's Jesus in you doing the work that he's called you to do, and... Uh, Everybody has to be careful how they build it. Guys, I'm stepping into a new season. You don't, we have a little saying at Grace. You don't retire, you what? Retire. Amen. I'm turning 65 this year. I am looking forward to the most exciting times of planting more churches, more multi-sites, more micro-sites, training more leaders, more pastors than we ever have before. Guys, This is a season when God is preparing his people, those that are following him. And I do want to make a difference. There's a lot of people who call themselves believers, and there's a lot of churches out there. But not all churches preach the gospel. Not all people follow God. There's a whole lot of religious institution. I promise you, it's out there. And I'm not trying to bash anybody here, but I'm going to just say, you will see those that are going to follow God. It's going to be hard and adverse, but God will bless those whose hearts are set to follow God's kingdom. Amen? I think we're ready for one of the largest harvests of people coming to Christ in world history. Not just me, but pastors like me all over the America, all over the world are saying we're on the brink of some of the most difficult but yet exciting times in world history. All right? You guys feel that? All right. So the next thing is, is what's important is what you do with your life. Building treasures in heaven. What really matters most? First of all, what matters most? A uh, hundred years from now, we're all going to be in heaven, right? Or we're all going to be in hell. Depends on what choice you make. And I want to talk about heaven and hell because it's real. And I don't want to sugarcoat it. I don't want to be. I don't want to beat people over the head. But I want to tell you, it's a reality. So what matters most is you having a relationship with God. God matters the most. Paul, the apostle, once a very religious man, had an encounter with Christ. He was putting Christians to death because he was the right religious thing to do. Paul encountered Christ, and this is what he says. Philippians chapter 3, 7 and 8 says, But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything lost compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus my Lord, for, whom sake, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. I wonder if our attitude will be the same thing. Are we going to follow Jesus when it's easy, or are we going to follow Jesus in the midst of adversity? Some of you have been going through, Lord, can I get a break? You know why Randy Thornton had to have 10 years of a church that couldn't get past 100? I didn't have the character to, to pastor the church that God had called me to have today. Because I would have thought somehow it would have been me. Guys, Grace Church rocks. It's amazing. It's done tons for the kingdom. But it sure wasn't me that did it. All I did was, what was it again, Heath? Know God, hear God, and obey God. You don't have to be a Bible college student. You don't have to be a seminary professor. But you do have to know God, not know about him. Know him, John 15, 
Learn how to hear his voice. And when God tells you to do something, even if your circumstances don't line up, when you know that you know that you know that it's God, then go ahead and do it. And God, where God guides, he always provides. I can tell you thousands of stories. If someone tells me there's no God, I'm going, you must not know who I know. Because I will tell you thousands of stories, hundreds of stories where God would tell me something, I would step out in faith. It wasn't just, oh, I have a headache, would you please play? Now, if you have a headache and someone prays for you and it goes away, that's a miracle. But I'm telling you things that where go buy a building, you don't have money, you need a million dollars, and God provides. Over and over and over again. Those that know me know that that's true. Do we not? We have seen it. But the flip side is now God's saying, I am preparing you. So, first of all, you have to have a, 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 a love relationship with the Lord where you cultivate the habit of knowing him every day. Here at Grace, I, all the people that we've discipled, all the pastors we've discipled, I do it real simple. I'm not that smart. I just, I just say, God told me, read my Bible every day. Five out of, I would say five out of seven. Why, why not seven out of seven? Because some people get real religious, and I say, does God still love me if I don't read my Bible one day? Even two days. Yes, but the importance of learning how to hear God's voice is develop a consistency. If you told your wife that you loved her when you got married, it's going to last only so long. You need to tell her how often? Every day, multiple times, right? So God wants to tell you he loves you, and you need to receive his love, and then out of love, not guilt or shame, go do what he tells you to do. So five out of seven, read your Bible. Each day record one thing in a journal at the end of the week. Look back and say, what was God saying to me? And then if you'll just take that, and then the other thing I say, five out of seven, what is God saying? The other thing is, what is God doing? God is usually at work all around of us, at work, at school, in the church. But most people miss the activity of God. But if you'll cultivate the habit of learning to say, what is God doing? Some of these songs that they had on there, I, that just was like, did you guys coordinate that? No, I didn't coordinate it. God coordinated that. And when you start learning every day to just obey what God tells you to do, every day is an adventure. Every day, sometimes God will speak to you about things in, in the Bible, and you're going, what is God saying? And it's for you. But then there's sometimes God speaking something to you. say, Lord, I know that's you, but I don't understand. And then we'll walk up and I'll talk to Terry. And Terry's going, man, da, da, da. And I go, man, hey, let me give you a verse that was in my devotions. And I share that with Terry and God used me to help Terry. But if you're walking with God, learning how to, you know God, you hear his voice, and you do what he tells you to do, you will see miracles. You will see miracles. I mean, not just, you will see amazing miracles. God is the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. Amen. Now, this church has been given a trust. You guys have been proven faithful. God has well developed a character and a humility. He's taking you through the grounding down, grounding down, grounding down. And then you realize it's no longer you. You guys are at a place where it's a time of stretching is coming. A time of expansion is coming. And you need to mix with what you did in the past with what God is doing in the future. But let the past go. Because this is going to be a new church. Amen?
All right, so know God, and I want to ask you the question, how's your relationship with God? All right, the second thing that matters, first of all, God matters. second thing that matters is, God, is people matter. Galatians 5.13, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. And you have a toxic, unhealthy environment. One of you choose to love the other person and not expect anything in return. Well, I've done that. We'll do it again and again and again. You know, I've been married 43 years. My first conversation with my wife was, God told me you're supposed to be my wife. Now, several months into the dating process, she had also said God had been telling her the same thing. Lynette was around back then. Um, There were things that I saw in my wife, and I told God, I said, God, I'm not sure I want to marry this girl. And God says, do you want to get married in June or October? (laughs) We got married in October. October the 4th, 43 years ago. There's some of those things that God told me he was going to do. I haven't seen yet, so I still have to keep loving her. Amen? She's a great woman. Some of you have people that are easy to live with. Some people don't. But God is still sovereign, and he's teaching you how to love. And out of your difficulty, out of your hardships, if you'll pay the price, You'll learn to be like Jesus, and God's going to use your difficulty. God doesn't, worst a, God doesn't waste a pain, and God doesn't waste a shame. If you'll take and will become a student of your difficulty and apply it, God's going to use your failure as your great success in the kingdom of God. So I want to challenge you. If you're going through some struggles, count it all joy, brother. James 1, if you encounter trials of many kinds. Because God's going to use you if you'll turn to him and not walk away from him. You'll not allow unforgiveness and bitterness to destroy you. But you'll turn and learn how to love unconditionally and live for others versus yourself. Amen. So people matter. Why do we preach the gospel? Our goal here is to depopulate hell, fill up heaven here in Leland. Amen. Make, Make Leland a hard place to go to hell and an easy place to go to heaven. What we need is a bunch of people who love Jesus more than their job, more than everything. And even when they go through difficulty, they're going to follow God no matter what. They're going to sacrifice. They're going to live. They're going to serve. They're going to, they're going to live for Jesus every day. Amen. And since I never go long, I'm going to try and wrap this up. <laughs> the third thing that matters is eternity matters. We started with eternity. Ecclesiastes 3.1. He's made everything beautiful in its time. God made everything. But there's a time of creation. There's a time of growth. There's a time when the flower blooms. But there's a season when the flower begins to wilt and it dies to start new life. There's a season when we're all going to to bloom. But one of the things it says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the heart of men yet they cannot fathom what God has done. Now, let me unpack that a little bit. There are people who said they're they're atheists or agnostic, and I'm going, that's a bunch of junk. 
All you have to do is walk outside and you can see God. But the other thing, too, is I know God's word to be true. And I will tell you this. God says he's placed a seed of eternity into every man, every woman, every child that has ever existed. And their seed of eternity is in their hearts. And even in Romans, it says that God has revealed himself even through nature so that no man is not, can't say, I didn't know you, God, unaccountable. God set the seed of eternity and what you do with that thing. So let's just talk about what is eternity. First of all, first of all, four things, four realities about eternity. First of all, God made you to love you. He didn't make you so that you just go do stuff for him. God made you to have a relationship with you. He loves you. You can never earn his love. In fact, when you try to earn God's love is when you get in trouble. Amen? Did everybody hear that? All right. Number two, you were made to last forever. In other words, as a person who's a human being, when you die, you don't just turn into a pile of dust as the world would have you to believe. You are going to live forever. Okay? You're going to live. God has set eternity in the heart of every person. God has placed eternity in our hearts, uh, Ecclesiastes 3.1. Number three, God has prepared two places to spend eternity. Do we, can we, number one is where? Number two is? Number one is heaven. You get to spend, there's, let's talk about heaven. When you go to heaven, you, 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 you t- can't take anything with you on this earth. But there are things that you can send ahead of you, Right? We started Ephesians 2.10. God has prepared works in advance that we should do to bring glory. When we have lived our lives doing what God's asked us to do because we know him and do what he says, that when we're faithful with what he's given us, he sends the things that we've done ahead. Remember I talked about two judgments. First judgment is the great white throne. Why should I let you into heaven? The second question that God's going to ask you, is when you are at the great, at the beam of judgment of Christ, he says, I gave you time, I gave you talents, I gave you resources. What did you do with my kingdom? Did you invest what I gave you? Were you a good steward? Did you live your life doing those things? All right? So the second thing is, is again, the difference between heaven and hell. When God created you, one thing that you do is you get to choose where you spend eternity. I want to ask you right now, if, if God showed up today and took us all right now in the twinkling of an eye, where would you spend eternity? It's your choice. And if you're in a room today and you know that this pastor who's going long is speaking to you, then do something about it today because all of us someday are going to die and have to face Christ. All right? So we get to choose where we spend eternity. And let's talk about the things, and then we are actually going to close. We get to take with us. What do we get to take with us into heaven? There are some things we get to take with us. Number one, we get to take a soul, our soul, that is redeemed by Christ, and we get to go spend eternity. And God says he's prepared a banquet for those who've trusted in him And we get to be with Jesus forever. Everybody say the word forever. Now, what are some of the other things that we get to take with heaven? Because we know that God says he has works prepared for us in advance. 
we get to take to heaven what we've given to God in sacrifice, as long as we didn't take credit for it, right? And we gave it to the Lord like the, our little bundle of flowers. And we did Because if you took credit for it here and you used it like, well, hey, I've done this, then God says, okay, you've got your reward here. But if you take it and you say, God, I give it to you, all those things you've done to serve God over and over and over and over, year after year, learning to love that difficult person, serving in the church, changing those babies' diapers, or teaching like Heath does in the pulpit, or leading worship like Megan does. I remember right on us, Megan, where's Megan, where's Megan? Right there, where's Megan? I remember when years ago we were on a youth trip with Heath, and uh, she'd gone skiing and ended up getting a concussion. And, you know, she's, how many of you know she used to be in the Marines? This is a tough little cookie. All right, she said, go, go get her. But that little girl had a little concussion, and, but she was out serving youth, and Heath was serving youth, and we had some fun times, didn't we, Heath? We did. Yeah, so praise God. We had some good times, like some challenging times. Amen. But we've grown. So we started with, what are we going to take to heaven? Guys, I think the next few years in America, God's placed you in Leland for such a time as this. Some of you are coming to say, hey, Heath, happy 10-year anniversary. I don't live here, but I live here. My heart's here. My life's here. Does that make sense? My life's at many other places. And what's going to happen is Heath is building on a foundation that I helped labor. And you guys are building on a foundation that Heath's going to labor And we're going to see a lot of people go to heaven because of what God's done in and through this church. Amen? So why don't we all make a decision? As for me and my household, we're going to serve Jesus. Why don't we sign up again for the next 10 years? Why don't we we commit? It may not be here at Reach. It may not even be here in Leland. But would you be willing to say, God, I'm going to give my life to serve you and walk with you no matter what? Don't you think that's a good thing? So let's just, let's close. I'm going to give, first of all, we believe as a core value, always give people an opportunity to receive Christ. If you're not sure today, if you die, then why don't you trust in Christ? I'm going to say a simple little prayer. And I want you to, I want to challenge you to receive Christ as your Savior. Just so everybody bow your heads. Father, right now, we come before you. Lord, if you're here and you want to receive Christ as your Savior, first of all, you have to simply start saying, God, I know that I'm a sinner. So just say, Lord, I once went into church, or maybe you were hurt in church, but you're not where you need to be. Just simply just say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I know that I have sinned, and that my heart has not walked where I should be. Father, right now, I know that you love me unconditionally that you died, that your son died to pay for my sins. God, right now I ask that you would come into my heart, that, Lord Jesus, you would become my Savior. I surrender my life and commit my life to follow you. I, by faith, receive the free gift of eternal life in Jesus' name. 
if you prayed that prayer, would you just raise your hand just, just quickly? Just Amen. Say that. Say that. Thank you. See those hands? See those hands? Thank you. Back there. Thank you. Guys, at the end of this, come up and let Heath or one of the leaders know, and let's get you on a journey of how to really walk with God. Amen? Folks, can we just give a round of applause to those? There's quite a few people. Amen. Now let's do the last prayer. Why don't we step into the next 10 years with a commitment to follow God radically, to pay a price that is unbelievable so that thousands of people will come to Christ. Amen? And by your sacrifice, when you stand before God and people come to Christ because you're changing diapers or you're leading a small group, when you get to heaven, all those that come to Christ, whose lives are changed, you get credit in heaven forever. Amen? So why don't we sign up afresh? Lord, right now, we commit our lives to the will of God. Father, first of all, we want to know you more. I pray for every person in this room to know you more. Lord, I pray that every person in this room would learn how to cultivate the habit of hearing God's voice on a daily basis. And then, Father, we commit that once we've heard your voice to obey what you tell us to do in spite of our circumstances, believing that you are God. Lord, we commit our life afresh. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Now, guys, it's 1123, 1128. Oh, praise God. You're going, man, that guy can talk. I'm glad you, did. you ought to say thank you because it's hot out there. I don't want you to leave. I want you to go be part of this family. I want you to go celebrate what God has done. Give us a little sacrifice. Guys, we're excited. We're, we're going to do much for the kingdom. Amen. And uh, let's, let's learn to connect. Amen. So, Heath, would you come in and let's go do something amazing for God. Thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, be sure to visit us online at reachcommunitychurch.com.